Unleash your voice on the Construction Life podcast community. Are you passionate about the world of construction, trades, and all things building related? The Construction Life podcast wants to hear from you. Leave us a review, share your thoughts, insights, and experiences on your favorite podcast channel. Your review fuels our mission to create engaging and informative content for the construction community. Your feedback is a mortar that holds our podcast together. So share your thoughts, rate us, and let the construction community know why the Construction Life is your go-to podcast. Visit our website and check out the over 400 tradespeople and construction professionals listed on our site. Check out www.theconstructionlife.com for additional content, behind-the-scenes exclusives, and valuable resources. Dive deeper into the construction world with articles, guest profiles, and more. Follow us on social at TCL underscore The Construction Life. Subscribe to our video channels on YouTube and Rumble. Check out our link tree and find exclusive discounts for listeners. The link is in the IG bio. Join the conversation on Facebook, the Construction Life community. Guys, welcome. Thank you. Nice to have you guys in the studio. Angelo's back. You're here for the first time. Good yes, to be sir. back. Thank you. Yeah. When did you first hear about TCL? I heard of the podcast through Angelo. Through Angelo, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he put me onto it. And then I've been listening here and there. Been uh, Most recently, l- listened to Jim Karuk. Yeah, Jim Carrick's Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Pri- previous to that, the Ed- Edinburgh construction, the gentleman. Charlie. I just Charlie. Yeah. Charlie was I great. Really, that really him, pulled yeah. at my heartstrings. Yeah. That one really got my attention. Not that, that the other stuff is not no, good. No, no, no. It's just, I, I like those shows. I like re- uh, connecting with people, uh, whether they're in Toronto here or they're halfway around the world. We all have the same problems, right? We do. And, and, and Charlie bringing up the topic of mental health and construction was proof in the pudding that yep. the problem is just not here in Toronto or the GTA or Canada. Like mm-hmm. he's in Scotland. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And they face the same issues, right? So I know you guys, uh, I mean, Angela, last time you were here was right before you launched your book. Right. Yeah. It was about a year ago and the book came out this past January. So yeah. Yeah. It's been a bit of a roller coaster ever, ever since we were kind of chatting about the whole publishing journey and how people kind of look at you differently. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of a neat thing to have on your resume. and uh, But I don't think anybody in construction judges anybody that writes a book if you are in construction. No. I'm talking about tradespeople in general. Yeah. I don't think they'll judge you in a negative I, way. Probably the best commentary and feedback I've got were from tradespeople yeah. who have shared these thoughts on the human side and like the interpersonal side and the lack of it in the human experience in construction. That's probably the most feedback I've gotten for the book. So I think you earn a certain respect. There's, I mean... Everything's so divisive these days. There's people who don't like it, the soft side, and like you know, like being the tough guy and don't like to talk about feelings. But I haven't really met those individuals, but I guess yeah. I'm old enough to just walk away from those individuals Maybe. if they start talking that kind of crap. If right? they're not your people, yeah, yeah, I just yeah. like I just dismissed them, right? Yeah. yeah. But you guys are here because we wanted to do another episode of the New Tough, right? TNT, and I'm glad that you guys reached out and and, and spoke to me about let's do this and. You've got some interesting uh, segments that we want to talk about and discuss. So that's mm-hmm. why we want to get started. But I do want to, if you guys want to just shout out to everybody who you guys are and obviously your book as well too. Sure. Uh, my name is Gianluca Pascale. I represent or I uh, head curator for the Constructors Guild, which is a new organization that I founded this past July to cater to the construction professionals in our industry. Uh, individuals that are essentially... Um, want to do things differently. They've, they're, they're tired of the same old status quo that our industry is synonymous with, and they want to take themselves and, and put themselves in first position and surround themselves with like-minded individuals and grow, connect, build a community. So that's what I've um, founded in July. Prior to that, I owned and operated a construction management firm 
for 17 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I published a book in September 2020, right in the, in the thick of uh, the pandemic, which is a uh, collaborative construction, collaborative construction, construction process. process yeah. yeah. Build Better Together, available on Amazon, both in uh, soft copy and uh, ebook. And then you're on IG, but you have the website too. No, I don't have IG. You don't no, have IG. I got, I got off IG. I had IG you're on LinkedIn. I am on LinkedIn. Yeah, they can find is. me at Gianluca Pascale. Yeah. Or they can also find the Constructors Guild on LinkedIn. Uh, story about uh, about IG is that I actually reached out to the to a young lady out in Nigeria, who owned, still owns the Constructors Guild. Um, the way I want it, just all stuck together. Okay. I guess oh, she started handle, the IG the handle, uh, the handle, and I guess she started a company. I think in 20, I don't even want to mention it. It it doesn't matter. And it definitely looks like it has been used in many years. So I reached out to her. I have an IG for the previous company, for CenterCon. And I sent her a very kind message. The only only kind that that one would want to receive, Mm -hmm. especially if you're you're asking for something so precious. And let's see what she says. Oh, you just did that recently? Yeah, like a handful of days, maybe two two days. Yeah. Tell them the tagline. You don't get, right? Tell them the tagline. Oh, the tag- tagline for the construction, <laughs> for the construction guild. Yeah. I love it. I love hey, it, man. That's why. I think I need part. to bring Angelo everywhere. I'm I your go. hype man, buddy. Yeah. I'm your so hype the tagline man. for the constructors guild is a community for those who build them. Right? It's I, a I, good. It's a good line. It's amazing. Yeah. It, it, it really Listen, encapsulates what it's all about. Man. A lot Thank of people you. in the industry don't realize the what they just built, what they just yeah. created today, and and a lot of people don't realize that they are not the only ones with struggles. And I'm not just talking about the mental health struggles; yeah. just any type of struggles or pain points or horror stories. And it just it does not have to be negative, right? You can also be surrounded with people that are are experiencing tremendous success. And they are a source of inspiration. They can either, with their help, they can pull you up to the level that they're at, or uh, it could be the other way around. You're the one walking in with uh, with the wisdom that somebody else is looking for, and you're a generous person. You're willing to offer it up, right? Mm-hmm. That's what really kind of clicked with me when I first start, saw you and Jonathan doing the new tough, yeah. And was talking to John Luke about what he's doing with community and support and just camaraderie, which is like what the is at the heart of the construction industry. But specifically, this topic like needs a lot of work, and I'm I'm really you know glad we're here talking about it, and you're doing what you're doing. So, I also like when John Luca uh, introduces himself as a recovering construction company owner. <laughs> I didn't say that this time. It's almost right. like we're at uh, Construction Owners Anonymous. Like, yeah. hi, I'm John Luca, and I used to be a construction owner. Yeah, you know. Uh, but do, you, do you guys see the industry changing? Has it changed? In what sense? Uh, I guess there's two perspectives you can look at it this way i guess the owners of companies and then the actual trades people themselves right Mm. doing the work have they evolved on both fronts when are they embracing this or are they just dismissing this are we still getting attached to the stigma just Mm. tough it out man just like work it out like it's not to be clear we're talking about the stigma of mental health yeah and we're talking about like people most people are talking about we don't want to talk about this stuff yeah it's not interested yeah. in having this on the job site we're not right. interested in having this as a discussion mm-hmm. we're, we you know like you're a man just like listen tough it out mm-hmm. just figure out your problems move on show mm-hmm. up tomorrow do the job i think has that changed it's changing it has not changed from my observations and my experience both on the field and the office side, as much as people, even big corporations, want to say, "Oh, we're working on this and uh, we've got initiatives," it's it's a, it's a it's been a generational issue that's kind of compounded over time. I think we're going in the right direction, and like to solve any problem or issue, it starts with awareness. 
but I still think we are in the awareness phase where people are just starting to have these conversations and be open to like generally accepted. There's always going to be the exception on either end, but yeah, I think we're in the awareness phase kind of overall as an industry. My thoughts. One of the scariest things that I see, and I know you brought it up in your points here that we were talking about is the suicide rate with tradespeople. Yeah. yeah. Like it's, it's, it's baffling. I don't, I don't know if there's any other industries that have the same amount of numbers for the males of trades. <clears throat> no, no. Like, and that, that's one thing that came up was it's uh, four times greater than the national average that's construction in the industry. That's and even if you look at it within the industry, I just have my, my notes here that's yeah, yeah, by no. my laptop, but it's five times greater than all other construction fatalities combined. Yeah. So, you know, electrocution, falling, whatever this confined it's space five times five times when you combine every other fatality in construction the rate of suicide within five construction times work is five times do we know so what's we going need to on re, we really need to sit back and allow that math to to, to really make sense because that's enormous mm -hmm. and although I, real quick if we can just yeah, yeah a bit, totally i concur with angelo's statement that the, the industry is changing However, I don't want to throw anybody on the bus, uh, uh, sorry, under the bus, but some, not all of what's out there is more like smoke and mirrors than it is about truly about caring about their people. I would just say, to hit the markers. Yeah. To check the box. I think, there, I think there's good people out there, a lot of good people, but in a, in a company, especially a bigger company, to say the answer to these issues is to implement an EAP program, like an employee assistance program. That's not enough. Like saying, hey guys, here's a resource. Use it if you can. You got to go out and touch the people and talk to the And I understand you can't get everybody. I, I just want to let people know that, like, are you coming from big construction as well too? Because Angela, you came from big high-rise construction, right? So you guys are both coming from big yeah, construction. Yeah, I see. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, so it's just like, and that's where I'm assuming a lot of that suicidal rate is coming from, right? I don't know if it's, or we just, it's a blanket over the entire. Good question. I mean, construction in general, you've got, Custom resi, you've got high rise, you got industrial, yeah. you got commercials. So it's like you've got well, a lot pipeline. of pipeline. Like there's a lot. I think it is kind of a catch all in construction. Yeah. You'd from have what, to from what I've read as well. Yeah, it's just, they just mentioned construction industry. But that's a, that's probably highlights the point that there hasn't been a lot of detailed research on this topic. But I know yeah. the last time that we spoke about is that if someone did unfortunately take their life or they got hurt, mm -hmm. they're replaced so quickly on that job site. Mm -hmm. Like you're literally a number mm -hmm. replaced by another number now, mm -hmm. but you're not addressing the person and everybody that's in that person's life. Yeah. Even the crew on site. The crew themselves and what they experience. Yeah. Right? Like regardless of whether it was uh, like, say it was a suicide or a workplace injury or the guy just went home one day and he didn't come back the next day. That's going to mess you up. Like yeah. having somebody there one day and not the next. And it's not like a layoff, layoff fine. But like the fact, so, you know, who's, there's, there's been a loss of life. Yeah. Someone's it leaves spirit ripple effects. is no longer with you. Yeah. That's, that's impactful. And I've ne I have not heard, I'm not saying that it's not, um, it's not happening, but I've never heard or at least made it, some people making it prevalent that there is uh, a grief counseling of sorts brought on site. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if you had a, a work partner that took their life tonight. That's going to affect you. Right, and you come back tomorrow, and Joe or Stacy is no longer with mm -hmm. part of the crew. I don't care who you are; it's going to affect you. Mm -hmm. And that that stuff just doesn't go away, right? It mixes in, 
and it and it attaches to 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 the inside of you with some other traumas that have been yeah. sitting there. So like I don't know. Oh, sorry, go ahead. My brother worked for the Region Appeal. He was there for I don't know twenty five years or so, thirty years, and he had a good friend that he also started at the same time. And it, I think it was about ten years ago that he was sent to a job site to go look at something, mm -hmm. and he discovers a coworker hung himself. Mm -hmm. And still to this day, he's getting counseling for it. He's yeah. still treating it. It affected yeah. him so much because he discovered the person. Yeah. And and this person went to work, started the work day, and then I guess planned this. Yeah. And oh, okay. And that's what yeah. happened. That's terrible. But then he was the person who discovered him. Yeah. And you're, so you're right. You don't. You don't. You can't unsee that stuff, uh, man. No. You can't without, just erase it from your memory. Yeah. Without getting off topic, I promise. But just a quick story. I have a um, young lad, probably just shy of my age who uh, goes to the gym with me, became very good friends because we're kind of in that same time uh, uh, time zone where we, we both go get to the gym. And getting to know him, he shared with me that his job is with um, Toronto's, with the TTC. And part of his job, or his job, is to go clean up the mess after people take their own lives. Ooh. Well, I, I, fucking imagine? I, I quickly realized and I discovered when someone told me because I have a friend that works for the toronto transit commission and they're in the bellies of the subways you know the, the lack of subway that we have but they're in the bellies there and he quickly told me whenever there's a delay it's not a majority of the time it's not a mechanical delay right. it's a loss of life delay yeah someone took their own life and has stopped yeah the well, and how often is that like i wouldn't it's even constant. guess multiple times a yeah, week it's i've got, it's, it's I've got friends in the in, in police a lot of them at 52 division i said not uncommon that at, at least once a week yeah when, you know when you hear anything and i'm not saying that we should publicize it or and make i'm not saying about a big deal but it should be talked about openly maybe not on tv because then people put a spin on it mm. but what i don't know getting one thing that popped in my head before and and uh was interesting like when we talk about the stats and stuff like you look at safety overall in the construction industry like it's come leaps and bounds in the yeah. last in the decades, right? Sure. With recording, uh, you know, near misses and paperwork and the safety triangle and all that stuff. Imagine if we took the same efforts and as a result of that, the, the number of injuries and fatalities have come down to the point where some people might argue it's too safe, but I don't think you can have that argument. But regardless, imagine if we put the same effort and dollars and, and uh, time into not only physical health, like hard hats, PPE, barriers safe work procedures but mental health like how to deal with is, something is it is it because mental health is considered invisible it's in it's not tangible yes you're right i think that's probably but i guess my question is what is the formal government's position on um cause and effect of when someone does take their life what are the systems so to speak in play what is the site super supposed to do what are the other trades supposed to do like mm. do you guys know offhand what those mto i guess i guess like i mean not mto sorry ministry of labor mm -hmm. um like what happens like i just don't get it if it would happen on my job site it's just like what are you, what are, do you do are we talking about somebody taking their life on site yeah i've never come across that but i, but I you figure that that would be public knowledge like, i feel like it would be classified as a workplace injury like almost you know what i mean like yeah. same as a, it's a workplace fatality Regardless so of there's the an investigation, there should be an investigation. Should be. An inquiry should about everybody who found what yeah, happened. The same procedure, Ministry of Labor comes in. Yeah. And if it happened on site, there's definitely an, an investigation. Yeah. But going back to the stats and, and to the fact that how, how much um, progress we've made with health and safety, 
it is surprising to me that the stats that both Angela and I, you know, doing a bit of homework before coming here today, we came up with all different types of stats. There's nothing consistent. And that's very concerning to me because if our industry is not able to pinpoint an, if a specific number or at the very least a very close approximation, it means that it, well, it confirms to me that we're not putting the effort into it to learn and, and to actually fix the problem, not treat the solution or the, the symptom. That's what we're doing right now. I feel like, you know? yeah, the, it's kind of an indication to a bigger problem. Yeah. And I'm not upset that we didn't get to do my intro, guys, but we'll get, we'll just keep going. I'm joking. What intro? I'm joking. This is the intro. <laughs> uh, it, it's a bigger issue of like part of what, uh, part of what I'm trying to do is kind of twofold. One is improving awareness and understanding of construction yeah. in the general population. Because people don't know, don't care, don't give a shit. I don't know about construction and construction workers. The looks I get is funny. Because there's the whole stigma around construction workers, right? I was donating blood the other week. By the way, if anybody's eligible to donate, you should because they're always at like all-time lows. Thank you. Good. And uh, I was talking to the lady. She's putting the needle in my arm and it's just small talk. What do you do? I work in construction. I was dressed like like this, you know, nice shoes. And she's like, you don't look like a construction worker. I'm like, well, and I'm a little bit curious, you know, what does that mean? So you're not, wearing, you're not wearing boots. No, well, on behalf of... The broader construction sector, yes. But I was like, we need to get rid of this stigma in people's minds that construction is dirty and everybody's a degenerate and has a substance abuse problem. Because I think when you think construction, not us because we're in the industry, but other people, like if you're not in construction, you're listening to this right now, close your eyes and imagine what a construction worker looks like. You're probably going to see an old white guy in a hard hat smoking a cigarette outside of a concrete truck. But that's not the industry, man. That's a small piece of it. And uh, people, like I said, either they just don't know or it's not worth talking about. Or, But sometimes they take it personally, yes. I don't know. Maybe I'm too sensitive. Those man, stats on the, on the suicides, do, they, do you guys have age? Are we fair to say that it's, it's mostly younger trades? Again, I don't, I don't think there's that level of detail in, in the stuff I found. I, I have to come across one. It was from 39 to, to 52. Was the was the one window, but again, so you know, it's we, interesting. We, that's the that's the segment of the industry currently right now that has the biggest, or sorry, the the smallest amount in that age bracket. Mm-hmm. But right? it's still the biggest. There's more coming in, the younger ones that would be mid twenties, early thirties, and then there's the ones that are getting out, which are above fifty two, mm. getting into retirement. So mm-hmm. so essentially, it's the the bottom portion of uh, gen x and most of, of yeah of, or a, a good chunk of gen the ones uh, that have learned have become apprentice or have become journey or become uh, mm-hmm. bosses now the ones that have already established themselves those are the ones that are taking their lives before they can actually build a future to get to become the older tradesperson mm-hmm. they're the ones that are taking says their a lot lives. about our industry well, I talk about this a lot with friends and my wife we were just talking about the other night like the amount of friends i know who have experienced are going through mental health issues in our age demographic like i'm an i call it an elder millennial because i just snuck in there right at the (laughs) beginning but uh but yeah and i don't know if it's just something that always existed but didn't have a label so people didn't know what was going on or maybe we're just more fucked up than other generations i don't know but something like to the point you brought up why is it more in this age group that brings up an interesting point to me i i'm thinking well is it mostly coming from personal lives or is it coming from their professional lives? 
Are they taking the amount of toll and stress coming from the professional side or from the personal? My thought process is what I'm getting from speaking to people. It's mostly personal. Mm. I think failed marriages are happening there. I think um, child custody battles are happening there. Uh, splits of assets are happening there. Uh, I'm talking about tradesmen. I think the masculinity coming out of a tradesman is being torn down to the point where this trades person this trades man can't take it so then they decide that suicide's their option mm. this is what i'm i'm not a doctor i'm not as i'm not everything i don't know it's never it's very good go, no, ahead, go ahead no it's like anything it's never from one source i think mm. you hit the nail on the head it's just everything compounding on top of each other but is it more personal or professional see i feel in in just piggybacking on what you just shared with us Guaranteed, there's a lot of external sources that are that are uh, making things w bad for these individuals. But the way I see it, and I'm not trying to pin the blame all on construction, but the way we operate sites in general, and the way we agree to like unrealistic expectations and demands from our clients, and work in high stress environments, that's the the the, the straw that breaks the camel's back. We're the ones who pushes pushes them over. The, the edge now if if i if we're up to me just because somebody's going through a divorce doesn't mean that i shouldn't care and i shouldn't give them this individual the time of day to listen to them mm -hmm. and make them feel heard right it's very i important. think it's more i think you're right both right and that it's more like the personal life there's just so much shit going on in the world there's a, like there's always so much turmoil everything's there's so divisive now in a sisterhood on the job site there's still yeah. like, like you still will get along with more people than not get along with mm -hmm. people on a job site. Mm -hmm. So I think that the troubles will come from the home first mm -hmm. and then it just keeps on getting compounded on the job site. Mm -hmm. And then the opportunity to do what you want to really do is presented there because of the lack of safety on a not, mm -hmm. not lack of safety, the opportunity. Sure. I'm not yeah. encouraging. I'm just saying yeah. that yeah. it's, it's that cliche of, I guess a permanent solution for a temporary problem. Right. But you're on a job site, you're on a certain floor, there's no safety rails. It's literally you're like one little bolt away from moving a safety rail mm -hmm. and you could actually end all this, right? Mm -hmm. So at home, you can't really do that. So I'm just wondering if that's what's going on. I don't know. I don't know because you don't, you'll never know what's going on yeah. in someone's head and what they're thinking about or what they're going. And, and, and construction in general, if the, the, they taught us anything, we do not share. We refuse to share. We yeah. refuse to speak to anybody else in fear of weakness and fear of all kinds of stuff. Well, that was the Just question like that came to mind is like, why, why are people afraid? Sorry, John Luca. No, no. I mean, but it's what you just said. People are afraid that they're going to be judged and, sh and they're going to feel shame and they're going to be looked down upon for expressing vulnerability because there's that mentality in, in, some notes I made here, and you, you mentioned them too, like unreasonable clients, tight timelines, budget constraints, physical demands to do in the work. And so if you're facing a deadline at work, and uh, sometimes you just got to suck it up and get it done. But that doesn't always work. It might be a temporary fix, but if that becomes a prolonged, sustained thing, the pressure keeps building and building and building, and something's, something's got to give. Something's going to pop. And it gets back to like what you mentioned in the beginning, how you were speaking with Edinburgh Construction and these people, it's not just a local thing. Of course not, because it's a people thing. It comes back to just being human. Mm -hmm. And as a human, you're just a bag of water with some bones and feelings and chemical reactions. That's what it is. And it's funny having uh, my, I have three kids, one of which is a toddler now. 
And whenever I face a difficult situation at work and somebody's like flying off the handle, because it happens, sometimes you lose your shit. I'm like, I, I, th- I think of him as like a toddler, not in a bad way, but like my toddler doesn't know how to regulate his emotions. There's no filter. He just acts the way he feels. And that's how even I react sometimes. I did it this morning with my kids because they were eating breakfast and I lost my shit. But that's just part of being human, figuring out what's going on inside, sharing it with somebody and and uh, yeah, just being being there with people. And I think the biggest challenge when it comes to any industry, but especially construction, is providing that space and that environment where somebody can feel safe opening up, dropping their guard and being vulnerable. I hope that made sense. It, it did make sense. It's just, let's look at it through the perspective of the bean counters now. Oh. So, so I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying you've got structures that are going up there's timelines on these structures. There's uh, monies that are allocated at a certain point from the start date to the occupancy date yeah. to the delivery dates, all that stuff. You've got all these miss, like moving parts that the bean counters, do they really want to stop that whole process and figure out uh, what should we really do here? How much should we care? Because every day that we care is another day that we're losing profit and losing schedule, potential fines. Correct me if I'm wrong. Sure, liquidated damages, yeah. Prioritize mental well-being and construction with Connect Team. In the demanding world of construction, mental health is as crucial as the structural foundations we build. Addressing the unique challenges of construction workforce, Connect Team is here to elevate your team's mental well-being while optimizing efficiency on and off the job site. Why choose Connect Team for you and your employees? Streamline work processes to reduce stress and enhance focus. Foster open communication channels, creating a supportive and inclusive work environment. Provide real-time updates from the field through digital forums, promoting transparency and reducing uncertainty. Construction is tough, but mental health shouldn't be an afterthought. Connect Team isn't just a tool. It's a commitment to nurturing a resilient and empowered workforce in today's skilled tradesperson and the business they run and work for. Connect Team has a 14-day free trial. Check them out at www.connectteam.com and on IG at Connect Team app. So... My response to that, and there's no answer, but like, what's the cost of not doing, not stopping? And that's what you can't quantify. Because when you build an estimate, you don't build time. Actually, you do. If you're working hard, and you're, you should anyways, if it's all nights and it's all 12 hours, shifts, seven days, you know you're going to burn the crew out. So you got to space things out and allow some time for breaks. You should be. But it doesn't always work like that because you're right. If you're an accountant looking at it, it's just numbers and it's very black and white. But, and that we, I have this talk at work a lot too, because, you know, there's always kind of the divide between accounting and operations and estimating. In accounting and estimating, it's, I would say, black and white, because you have drawings and specs, you have spreadsheets with numbers. In operations, when you're on site, it's just a world of gray. Because <laughs> you got to move it and is. you got to flex and you got to, yeah. yeah. So, anyway, sorry, go ahead, buddy. Um, when it comes to the cost of not doing so, I don't want to rain on anybody's parade. But, you know, before I even share, I, I got called, I got, um, not called, but someone shared, I went to, to an event and I was a guest panelist. Someone came to speak to me and with utmost class said, you know, you're a, a mix between optimism and pessimism. I said, explain the latter, right? And he did. He broke it down. I said, okay. I said, how about I reframe it for you? And I, you know, and I did. And he, he saw that my point was, I'm not pessimist, I'm just a realist. Yeah. So having said that, the cost of not investing in our people, specifically as it relates to mental health, 
we're gonna we're about to find out and how we're gonna find out is plain and simple labor shortage that we're going through that that continues and and definitely the housing shortage we've got 5.8 million homes to build by 2030 so that, that doesn't make they, sense. Does I, it? Like, I, I saw you posted something about that. Uh, I, I realize that, but just let, stick with me. Never mind yeah. the num- never mind the, sure. the the fact that it's. Have we ever built five point eight never. million homes never. in seven years? We're not, we're not even tracking the numbers to, to, uh, well, to get it, even closer. We should have a, a gauge if we want to look back to the eighties when it was a boom until the recession. Mid seventies was, was the highest. I know, but we should have it and, and look at it and go. If we weren't building it then, we're definitely going to build it today. Yeah, and we're not going to build it tomorrow. So then, who's coming up with these numbers and presenting these as a guide? Uh, I, I don't know, but they should all be fired, including the ones that actually tout it as being the the numbers that are that are required. Don't tell me what's required. Talk to me about what's possible, right? And Those numbers are based on the amount of immigrants that are coming in? Including or? everything, yes. And they've okay. known this for quite a while. It's, this is not surprising. So the latest soundbite was 1.5 over 10 years. Now we're, we're, we actually need 5.8 it, over seven years? Yeah, but so I just got educated on this. It, it was 1.5 and went up to 3.5. But nobody was catching on to, in addition to, hmm. uh, right? Like net new. Yeah. In addition to so the if you add all that up, we're at 5.8. I just heard, read the article. Uh, and, and in multiple sources. I want to go back to and the... But the, real quick, if I, if right I on, may. Go ahead, go ahead. So having said that, because the state, I believe the state of our industry as it relates to mental health, it's hanging by a thread. I agree. Drug and alcohol addictions are, if not already, approaching epidemic proportions. So combine those two with the fact that we're still... In my in my uh, um, explanation, we are th- the industry is still bobbleheads. We agree to everything, no matter how ludicrous. I'm sure there is limits, but you understand that. You know, I mentioned earlier unrealistic expectations and demands. Now combine all of that and and open the floodgates to the shit ton of work that's going to come out by probably second to third quarter 2025, if not first quarter 26. Hopefully, it's way sooner than that. But having said that, once all that comes out. Who do you think is going to get tapped to, to, to build all this shit? We will. And who's going to lose their so shit? We're going to do more with less, less people in, in an ecosystem and generation that's more fragile than ever. Like, it, it's just a, it's a concoction for a disaster. It is, you can, Am I listen, wrong? I, like, is that no, too alarmist? Not, no, you're not wrong. It's 100% accurate what you just said. But so I was going to go back to if you're the bean counters and you prevent people from taking their lives are you not becoming more efficient as a builder? Because now the workforce is working. 100%. So isn't it in their best interest to watch out and pay attention to their employees, subs or what have you, everybody, yeah. to make sure that everybody is, you could have your problems, but you're being addressed Yeah. instead of ignored. And, and acknowledging that sometimes you have to take a step back to take three steps forward. Yeah. And if you try and push to take that step, you might fall and not get back up, like literally and, and figuratively, you know what I mean? So, but the competition we have in, 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 in assimilating or adopting that mindset of, you know, investing in people before proceeding, uh, we compete, you're competing against profits, you're competing against, uh, you know, margins, you're competing against uh, cap rates. These are all things that our industry are up against. Mm. You know, you mentioned earlier, I forget how you framed it, but I'm, I'm going to reframe it. And part of the problem, if you want to go even further back, is the clients are not, most of the time, they're not, they're completely disorganized. Whoever C-suite was, was in charge of making decisions to, to spend budget money or to go ahead with projects, I've seen it done 
countless of times. They're either on vacation in the winter and they come back and they go, what do you mean we haven't done this? Let's fucking go. Wow. Or it's summertime, everybody at the cottage and come back. They put the kids in, uh, in into school by early September. And after that, September is when the, the floodgates open. It's hurry up and finish it by Christmas. Right? Mm-hmm. And that's never going to stop unless we, as an industry, put our foot down and go, no, nah, man, that's not how it's going to go. Here's, let me tell you, let me explain to you how it's going to go. Because mm-hmm. last time I checked, we're the ones who execute, not them. We've given away too much power. Yeah. But then we're also doing that in fear of employment. So we have our own, there's the stressors now. But, 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 oh, but Andy, yeah, we look at the rising cost of interest rates. And the, the place that we're in for your podcast is built by, a, I use the word us yeah, because person, I, I'm, I want, I'm speaking yes. on behalf of the industry, yes. mm-hmm. whom I love very much. This was built by us. The, the highway I took to come here from Toronto was built by us, mm-hmm. right? And, it, and the list could go on. It, it, I, I would like everybody in the industry to, to recognize the amount of power that we have, but we really don't. Because I go back to what I said earlier. I feel it's my observation that we've lost a lot of that power for the sake of getting a job and making money. Yeah. It's so we fear. give it away. They're, so they're, they're getting fear of either loss of employment or fear of being stigmatized. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of fears that are going on top of this person that's working in this industry. And how, yeah. you, how are you supposed to cope with that? These weren't things that were these things that their other generations, their parents, their fathers that I think went it, through. I think everybody went through stuff, man. You look at even the boomers, maybe a little bit before them, but they lived through a fucking world war. Like literally, the pe- a lot of the people who came and built the construction industry, what it is now, were immigrants from other countries who emigrated to Canada or North America Here's to provide point. a better life for their family. Here's a point. Are we at a point where it's not life and death yet? Life or death, I mean. And we had a point where, as a tradesperson today, they can find another job. They can find other employment somewhere else. They can be replaced. Mm-hmm. If their body is gone, they're, they're not a part of that project, and they've taken their life, so they just get replaced, right? So mm-hmm. are, we, are we not at a point, that boomer generation, that was life or death. You went yeah. in, you were a soldier, you were front lines, you yeah. were... Every day you woke up, you had a chance that this could be your last. Mm. We're not at that point yet. Are we at that point yet? I don't think so. That's a that's a little bit extreme. I think I don't know. Yes, oh, you disagree. Feel free to no, disagree, I'm, I'm, buddy. I um, yeah, I think we're there. Yeah, because uh, and if we're not fully there, we'll be there within the next seven years. Because in seven years, the boomers are gone. And we're going to be losing two boomers for every one person that we bring in. Mm. So you can't fill up the bucket. <laughs> no, you can't. And it goes back to the numbers thing. Like you mentioned, people throw out, oh, we need this many homes to accommodate uh, immigration and population growth. Who's going to do it? Construction workers are going to build those homes. Unless you're What the, construction workers? Unless you're the city of Toronto who just announced 36, a $36 billion five-project deal that they're going to be the public builder on. Okay, so here's something that I actually <laughs> wanted to bring up because I thought it was absolutely ridiculous that a friend of mine brought up and he listens to this show. City of Toronto that's in a $900 million deficit when the new mayor took over uh, authorized the use of putting their logo on crack pipes to be given out to people. <laughs> and they spent $33,000 on those crack pipes. What, yeah. what, for what purpose? They wanted their logo on the crack pipes to give it to users. For safe, safe injection, safe... Uh, oh, okay. okay. Uh, $33,000 of taxpayers' dollars were used okay. to put the logo of Toronto on these crack pipes. 
Yeah. I don't get I I get the whole thing how people are going to do it anyways, provide a safe space for them so they don't OD and all that. Like I get that. But that goes through a that. series of approvals. Yeah. And at what point do you stop being a human being mm. and start understanding that, like you guys said earlier, you're not addressing the problem. Mm-hmm. You're masking it somehow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's like, this has to go through a series of people. And do all these people just blind? They're just, they're not understanding? Yeah. The cause and effect of this? Yeah. Maybe they're just going along with it because their boss thought it was a good idea or something. Who knows? Because they're afraid of... You guys thought that maybe maybe the core values are not not aligned. Mm. Did you guys see San Francisco clean themselves up? Yeah, almost over what looked like overnight. Where did everybody go? I, I don't know. I don't know. You're going to tell us, I think. I don't know. Oh. I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. All I know is that one day no. all the homeless were removed. Yeah. All the garbage was removed. All the damaged vehicles were removed. And all this fencing was mm. installed with gates at intersections. Yeah. But it's all clean now, but it's all fenced up now. And I'm like, okay, so where did the people go? That's a very good question. It, it, it happened here in Toronto a few years back. Well, no, maybe about a decade ago when they mm. cleared out um, over by the, the east side, the beaches area, uh, when they cleared out all the homeless mm. people there mm. because they wanted to start making way for the bridges and they were starting yeah. construction, right? Yeah. But where did everybody go? No, that's a good point. I don't know. Where did they go? I have... I don't I know. Like the, I haven't so got, the, I, you brought up Toronto. You brought up like okay, money being spent there. and stuff. And I just don't think Toronto is the wisest city in Canada. No. When it comes to expenditures. Yeah. Yeah. And e- so even the ideas that we have. Yeah. I mean, listen, we mentioned that we started somewhere at the beginning. We mentioned the LRT, right? I don't know mm-hmm. if it was before going online or not. Nevertheless, the LRT, actually, Angelo was, and I were having that conversation as we came in. Not long ago, a couple of months ago, it, it was announced that n- no longer December 23. It's December 24 when they're going to allegedly start up the, the LRT 13 years after the fact. And a month prior to announcing that, roughly, I'm, I'm just going by, by the vague memory that I have of, uh, of those particular details, they re-upped the CEO for MetroLix on his contract. You so realize you're benefiting that, somebody who's not doing their job well. Yeah. And you realize that MetroLynx is, an arm, is a, um, at arm's length to the government. It's, it's a, of course it is. an extension mm-hmm. of the government. So I, as I brought up to, to, uh, to Angelo... Which company out there, like real life company, will keep a CEO that's shin tanking? They wouldn't. <laughs> then but why do we do it in the public sector? But that's politics, right? So mm. now you've got ah. a lot of wasted money and, and then you've got money not being spent properly. Mm. We're talking about having systems in play, I guess, to address mental health of tradespeople. But I don't think enough money is being spent or awareness or proper education. Yeah. And so now you have all these projects, these great projects. Like how many people... I'd like to know how many people took their own lives working on the LRT. That's a cost mm-hmm. factor. Mm-hmm. That should be a part of that cost factor. Mm-hmm. Because there's probably people did take their lives. For sure. Working on that. Oh, that number of people in the, the, the years, like you said, 12, 13, it's, it's, it's a long be time. Staggering. It was never supposed to be that way. But you never hear about stuff like that, eh? It's the, like the subway. You yeah. don't, you just, there's going to be a delay. Buses yeah. are available. Yeah. That's all you hear on the, uh, yeah. on the, on the speaker system. Mm. You're not, you don't want to tell people someone took their life. Mm-hmm. And on construction site, I guess it's the same thing. You don't want to tell the rest of the trades people someone took their life. Yeah. That's, that's causing more mental health. It more is. Mental it issues, is. Right? Because people know what's going on, especially on a site where you're basically a family, even if it's a site of a couple hundred people on a big site, word goes around fast. And if you don't tell them the truth, they're, they're going to start rumors anyways. So you might as well tell people the truth. 
because you're there if you don't their brains are going to start connecting different dots and that might be a good segue into something i kind of wanted to bring sure. up is like what are some actionable and practical things the industry or even just people can do because the industry is just comprised of people in these types of situations to address these issues not taking okay for an answer yeah how many trades people you speak to and you ask them how you're doing what's the go-to answer that everybody says how you doing good how are you fine things it's automatic but like you said look somebody in the eye and say nobody how are you doing and it reminds me of a story if i can share a personal sure. anecdote here by all means because i ha- i i've you know everybody deals with shit in their life but there's one particular point in my life where i was really struggling with stuff and it was a compounding factor like you were saying personal life work life everything so it was when I was at Black & Mac, I was in estimating. And estimating is just generally a pressure cooker. If you guys have ever closed a job, like a big job, multi-million dollar job, where if you make a mistake, like you lose all the profit and it wipes it out. Like it's high pressure shit. And we were pursuing this high pressure job. I was managing the estimating division. And we were basically told you got to get this job. So I had that. I was used to it because that's what you get when you get construction. But at home, we were going through personal stuff. We had fertility issues with our third kid first two was bang bang and i was like okay everything's good let's take it easy we wanted to have a third we're like let's take a little break and then when we decided it was time it took years went through miscarriages it it really fucked everybody up my wife me our relationship so this was happening all at the same time and i thought you know what let's renovate our bathroom at home just just because we're crazy (laughs) so it was a powder room it was a little project but again i wasn't aware of all this stuff as i am now and I figured I was just, you know, living life. I was doing my best. I was powering through. So while all this was going on, there was a guy at work, Tim Peters. I don't know if he's going to see this uh, podcast. I hope he does. But he's still, he's division manager at Black & Mac. An amazing human being. And every day during this period of my life, he would come by my desk and say, how, how are you doing? And I'd be like, I'm fine. Thanks. And he'd say, okay. He'd go back to his office. Next day, he'd come by, how are you doing? I'm Okay. And then it got to a point where I was like, Tim, what the fuck, buddy? Like, and he goes, I know something's going on. And he's like, when you're ready to talk about it, come, come see me. And I was like, fuck. And he knew before I did. Okay, so I ended up having basically what I would consider a mini menti B, which is a mental breakdown. I was doing my bathroom. I forget what I was. It was some stupid little task. I was mudding a quarter. I had to replace a piece of drywall. And the tape lifted up or something like that. And it was just this little thing, and it, it made me snap. I, and I fucking lost it. Just started, I, like, I'm not even ashamed to say it. I started crying. It was like, I, it was almost like an out-of-body experience, which looking back, it was probably some sort of anxiety attack or some sort of break. Luckily, my wife was there, and she kind of realized something was going on, and, you know, we dealt with it. And I took therapy and all that stuff. But I later had this conversation with Tim, because I, I took a couple of days off work. I went back. And uh, he shared his story and his experience in different tradespeople that he encountered. He was a sheet metal worker. And this is what he does. He goes, I, like, I know what to look out for. So all that story, I'm not telling it for pity. I'm sharing it for validation for anybody because everybody has similar experiences, whether you know it or, or not. Some people are more aware of what's going on in their bodies and how they're handling different experiences. But the best thing you can do for anybody is just be there. Like actually show care and compassion and empathy for another human being. And they might be perfectly fine, but they might be struggling. And you might, by saying that, saying, no, man, how, how are you actually doing? They're Looking them in the eye and caring, that might make the difference between this guy. Maybe he was on his way to go hang himself on site. 
but you had that conversation. There's something that be, that could be said. There has to be said about holding space. It's 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 not hard to do, but it's precious in its own way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And thank you for sharing that story, Angelo. It actually even ties into. <laughs> it actually ties into uh, what Manny brought up earlier on when you know you mentioned that I got a feeling that a lot of it is coming from the outside. Angelo, you you yeah. you kind of gave us the roadmap of how that uh, mm. experience went. A lot of it was from the outside. A lot of it came from from family, yeah. right? Yeah, and from from home. But uh, uh, although your the straw that broke the camel back was at home renovating your own bathroom. That was my Ima- fault. Right. But, but, <laughs> but imagine, just going back to, to what we shared earlier, imagine the pressures that our industry dish out and what damage that does to individuals that are already struggling. Yeah. They're on the edge of it already. And now you're not... Did Tim go through something? That's yeah. why he saw it in you? Yeah. So he was aware. He was aware. He experienced it and he saw it in other people he's just one of those guys who are just really in tune with people and he's able to connect i i think it's a natural gift for some people myself it wasn't and i've worked at it and now i take pride in the fact like anywhere i work people will come in and have probably what would be annoying conversations to other people but when they come in and shut my door and sit down i'm like okay regardless of what i'm doing unless it's important i'll tell them okay you can come back but i'll, I'll make time for them just to listen because some people just want to say what's going on like you said, holding space. A lot of people don't want a solution. They could probably figure it out on their own. They just want to get it off their chest and be heard. And maybe the solution comes after, but you just got to be there for them. Along with holding space, what's equally powerful is, is um, getting the feeling that you're understood. Mm-hmm. You li- both listen to first, but getting the feeling that you're understood. Moves mm-hmm. the needle. Tremendous. Well, you're not, uh, the person's not looking for some sort of resolution from you. No. They don't want you to no. give them their thoughts. They just want to, they want you, I guess, to listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To be, there, to be there. To be there. Simple as to that. To validate. Yeah. To validate their feelings and their experience. I think that it comes. Exactly. Validation. Let me mm-hmm. ask you this, guys. Maximize your construction success with Connect Team. In the world of construction, success hinges not just on materials, but on the mindset and time management. We know how many skills you have on the job site, but we both know we need to focus on the business. To truly build your business, you need to be at the forefront of strategy, not lost in poor time management of everyday tasks. Ever feel bogged down by the minutiae, leaving little room for the big picture? Connect Team is your solution, liberating your mindset and time for what truly matters. Why choose Connect Team? Seamlessly track employee hours, freeing your mental bandwidth. Empower your team with clear task management, fostering a proactive mindset. Stay in the loop with real-time updates from the field through digital forms and checklists. Prepare for today's tasks and plan for tomorrow's scope. Say goodbye to the manual grind. Embrace a new mindset of efficiency and growth. Connect Team isn't just a platform, it's a catalyst for change, aligning your business with the expectations of this year and beyond. Connect Team has a 14-day free trial. Check out Connect Team at www.connectteam.com and on IG at Connect Team app. Do you think most people are not there? Because I'm, I'm going to, Tim is probably rare. I think he's a smaller percentage of people that will actually continuously ask you mm. over and over. I think that number is smaller than the people who wouldn't do anything about it. Mm. But do you think the people who don't do anything about it in fear of when they go through something, is someone going to be there to listen to them? Mm-hmm. 
So why should I help somebody else if I know one day I might go through this and someone might not care for me? Yeah. I don't know. It's I'm a just very asking. real possibility, man. I'm sure there's been cases where people have gone uh, and said, look, I'm having a really hard time with this. Be like, so what? Life sucks. Get over it. And sometimes if it's a little trivial thing, you can maybe dismiss it. But, you know, but what's trivial to one person might not be to another. Well, look at you. You're doing the tiling, and all of a sudden something snapped, and mm. it just didn't work out. That could be, to, to a tile setter, that could be nothing. That's yeah. just whatever. I can solve that problem in yeah. a heartbeat. It's done. But that was the, the trigger. Mm-hmm. That's what snapped in you. So it's everybody's different. But I just get the sense that a lot of rubbernecking goes on, and then you just keep on moving along. Yeah. Nobody's going to stop and actually help the person. It's a great that's, analogy. I, I think that's how it is. Uh, that's human too. I think in a, in a lot of yeah, exactly. It's I forget what there's a name for it. It's not tragedy of the commons. It's uh, but it's like when there's a lot of people around and somebody's in distress, everybody's like, oh, somebody else is going to help them. That mindset, exactly. <laughs> yeah, there's lots of people here. Yeah. I could. I'm not a bad person, but I just don't have time. Somebody, he'll be fine. Somebody else is going to help him. I think maybe that's that's a, little a bit job of, site. Yeah. That's a trade. Yeah, but I think those, getting back to what you were because you raised a really good point because I think there's a spectrum. There's the people like Tim who know and care are in tune at one end of the spectrum. On the other end of the spectrum, there's the people that know and don't care because they're not good people. And there's some of those guys around, guys yeah. and gals. But most people are in a band in the middle where they either don't recognize it because they're not trained and they're not in tune. Or they just recognize it but don't know what to do with the situation or the information. Or and they're also afraid of it because they're, yeah. prob- they're probably dealing with some of their own exactly. issues. And, and, like, and, and, and seeing a coworker or just someone on their site experiencing mental health difficulties yeah. is a trigger to themselves yep. as well. Enough for them to freeze and not be able to react. Right. Well, and, puts, and that's it, not wrong. Because right? it puts you into that state, fight, flight, or freeze. When yeah. you encounter that shit, some people run away, some people freeze, other people jump in and help. But it's that middle band where most people, I don't, there might be studies, there might not be, but I would hazard to say there's, 10% on this side, 10% on this side, 80% in the middle. That's, you can train that. You can provide, you know, uh, how to, uh, what do they call it? Mental health first aid or how to uh, recognize when somebody's going through a crisis because there's characteristics. If you're like, uh, you know, absenteeism goes up, if your performance goes down, if you're, you know, late for work or stuff changes, you know? Do you guys find it odd that, Mental health conversations are never had at the beginning of anybody's construction career. They're always had when they've had a few years of construction in their career. Mm. Why can't we have it at the start of their career? No different than PPE, women's, no different than any kind of safety Mm -hmm. procedures, right? Or even training. You're training a certain trade for a certain task. That all happens at the very beginning. Everything all happens at the very beginning. So why can't we include mental health conversation, actions, Mm. details, we can and we should. There's no reason we don't. not to. Yeah, no, we don't. But there's no reason not to. Shouldn't that be part of women's? Yeah. It's like I was saying before. We've put such an emphasis and made such a huge impact on physical safety. And like, you know, in terms of like injury, loss of life, loss of property, yeah. all that stuff. But what about the mental side of things? To me, health is health. Mental health, physical health. It's safety. Health and safety. Yeah. Mental safety is the same thing. But we're not providing those tools and we're not naturally taught them. They don't even cover you it. You bring up a good point. It's health and safety. It should actually be called health and mental and safety. Yeah. Or broaden the umbrella of health and safety to include physical Shouldn't and it be? mental. Shouldn't the word mental be there? I don't think it needs to be. It's part per- of personally. 
but part of health. I, it is part of health. It's, no, no, most yeah. definitely. Yeah. That most definitely. Mm-hmm. But do I think that we need to, to highlight the word mental? I personally don't think so. And this is, this is from someone who, who's a huge proponent of mental health in, in the yeah. industry. You know? um, You're right, but you know, it should be at a point where when people think health and safety, they, it's implied that you mean mental. Yeah. Yeah. But it's the whole shooting. But right. maybe right now while we're in this kind of transition in the awareness phase, maybe you do need to highlight it and include mental to get people think that, that 80% band or whatever it is in the middle. You know, maybe not. I don't know. I, I, f- I feel that one of the things that's going well for us when it comes to that is going to be uh, the youth that are coming up into uh, coming in and coming up the the, uh, the ranks. Mm-hmm. They won't take this shit. And and um, they're not taking this shit. They won't take this <laughs> shit. But the unfortunate thing, I think they're going to leave the industry. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. There is uh, a that's dis- their definition of not taking the shit. There is I'm a dis- here. Yeah. right. But there is a distinct possibility. But however, because they, because of their uh, mindset, it's important for us to start paying attention because I don't know if anybody else is looking at it, but if we look around, look at the demographics, right? The old, the old, uh, um, the old guard in seven years are gone. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, if we're up to me, I'd, I'd give them a paycheck right now and get to them. Now, will they be gone or will they be forced to stay a little bit longer because of the way they... Econo- economy is right now. I, I hope not, because in seven years uh, there should be more than enough time to, that that have uh, has elapsed. To, I know. To put us back. I think they got to stay in their late sixties, early seventies, and they're still swinging a hammer. They're still on the job site. I've had plenty of conversations where the younger generation has a hard time even seeing that because they know those individuals are hurting physically uh, from doing that job, but they're forced to do that job we've seen it in other sectors so you're seeing a lot of seniors getting jobs at grocery stores because they can't cover their expenses that they're carrying at that age we're seeing it already so trace people they're not at that age they're not going to go start a new career at that point they're not all colonel sanders and coming up with a new (laughs) recipe and starting a career they're going to stay swinging the hammer and doing the job it's going to be slower the tasks are going to get done but they're making money to survive Right. Um, I'd, I'd like to clarify one point. The old guard that I'm uh, referring to is the ones in like in C-suite positions in, in, in construction. Yeah, companies. that's different. Yeah. Th- those are the ones that I feel that are that are in the way from for many things. Yeah. Especially as it relates to mental health. The ones that are still swinging a, a hammer at 60 or seven. Listen, if you're capable of doing it, all the power to you. But right now they've got every right to stay in, in the industry because there ain't no nobody. We're, we're in a deficit, and it's, and it's about to get worse. I'm selfish, and I want them to stay in the industry because I want them to educate the younger industry. I, one you of the things that, that we that should be doing is going around and uh, getting to know these individuals, maybe uh, um, through the help of your community, our community in, in, as a whole, encourage people to, to email in, write in, and to give us some names of some uh, old school guys and gals oh, that yeah, are in the industry. I'd love to get them on the mic and just right. talk to them. And yeah. bring them in either on the mic or f- uh, maybe like a, a, a town hall of sorts where you bring yeah. them in and, and you bring them in front of students. You know, picture an auditorium at, jo- at jo- uh, George Brown. Have them talk. It's a great idea. It's just like coordinating. We just got to figure out how to do it. So oh, this... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, yeah, just on this topic because like we're both pretty passionate about this and Gianluca actually started a, a town hall with kind of LinkedIn creators on this topic of 
Well, it's, it's, it's kind of sponsored by the Constructors Guild, but we've been focusing on guidance and mentorship within mm-hmm. the construction industry. Because to me, there's three pieces that are going to get us through the shitstorm that's going to be the next 10 years. Talent pipelines, number one. You got to have the people coming up who are going to be the next leaders, the next foremen, the next project managers, the next vice presidents. And they're in short supply because construction hasn't done a very good job in yep. you know, promoting itself. You got to have the senior people there to mentor them and guide them into those roles. Because a lot of smart people, like I took engineering, I met a lot of architects in construction, in proper construction, like on the constructor side. Very smart, but you need the experience. You can't have anything without the experience. But the key to the, making the whole solution work, you can't just smash the two together and expect everything to be fine. It's the knowledge transfer piece. How do you bridge that gap between the old school construction and the next generation? And I know that's a different topic. We're not so much mental health. No, here, no, no. It's not a different topic. It's totally a part of the topic. It's exactly a part. Of, it's a component, a part of it. It's 100%. Mm. It's just you've got people that have for lack of a better word, survived construction for a lengthy period of time. When I say lengthy, I'm talking about 30 plus, 40 years. So they obviously have been doing something right Mm -hmm. for them to be physically and mentally working in this industry for that long Mm -hmm. and achieving. And that generation provided for their family, built their nest egg, and now they've got a world of knowledge that they're not handing it off to as many people. But now with digital components like this and yourselves and other pages and all kinds of stuff, we can give them the vehicle to share that knowledge. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of getting them out and sitting them and getting them to do that and share that. Um, my concern is that the younger generation that's coming up, I don't think the majority of them are staying. I don't think it mm-hmm. as much as they love and they're passionate. I think they're looking at construction as a stepping stone because of a lot of the factors that are attached to this. I think that they, they tap out at a certain, I think maybe 10 or 15 year career. Okay. And they start whether thinking like they might be thinking, I gonna, I'm going to do this because I don't want to be swinging the hammer when I'm 60. Yeah. So they're getting out. So if they're mm. getting, that's why there's that hole in the middle. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I, I, my question to you guys was to f- figure out, we know what the tradesperson of today looks like. That's in their fifties, sixties and seventies. We know what that person looks mm. like. You can look at their face and we've seen those pictures of soldiers that, the day they started as a soldier through basic boot camp, and then the day that after they came back from war, yeah. and the face that has aged decades mm-hmm. instead of years, right? Yep. yep. And that's the same thing in a tradesperson that is in their sixties because they've been through forty years of plus construction. Mm-hmm. I want to know what that young person is going to look like, but I don't. I can't visualize them staying as long as today's generation. Mm-hmm. I never looked at it that way. It makes me think of uh, the first event that I, that I, the inaugural event for Constructors Guild was in July, July 25th. So leading up to it, you know, I had to look for um, spaces and, you know, catering, all that jazz. And one of the spaces was downtown off of Queen Street. And I made an appointment, showed up. Queen and where? Uh, oh, goodness. Down on the west or the east side? Uh, west side. Okay. Not, not as west as, as over here, like Queen and uh, Dufferin. Okay. A little bit east of there. Anyways, um, I called the gentleman who I was speaking to. He says, I'm, I'm tied up, but I'm going to send you uh, one of our people, and she'll show you around. And if you have any questions, you can either ask her to call me, and we'll figure it out. N- never needed to ask him any, any questions. A young lady was just outstanding. She took really good care of me. And as she was showing me the space, she asked me what it was for, and I gave her the spiel of the Constructors Guild and what, what the... Uh, what it was all about, the community. 
and leading up to kind of explaining what the event w- was going to look and feel like. And she shared with me that she has two friends that, she, that work in the construction industry, both in their 20s. I believe she said around 23 to 25. And both of them are already complaining that, th- that they're, they're, they're aching and that, and that they're tired. That's not uncommon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's bad, man. We yeah. can't repeat it. You know what my father told me when I told him I wanted to get into construction? It's the first time they've ever answered me in, in English. At home, it's Italian the whole time. You're fucking crazy, is what he said. I think we're all crazy, buddy. That's what makes it fun. Probably the three words that he first learned in English. More than likely. Yeah. 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 But you know what? Yeah. It, it's tattooed in my mind. And um, it's, it's just something that I, I hear my father saying that when I hear stories like that. And I go, Where are we, what are we doing wrong? How can we fix the uh, uh, fix it so that these kids don't repeat some of the same mistakes knowledge gap is or uh, sorry transfer knowledge transfer is definitely one of them mm. but, but they're not even getting to that point to get that that's knowledge just the thing yeah because you could inject all that knowledge into them in the back of their head is i'm out of this career whether that's contributing to some of the mental health issues that they hear about or the physical issues that they hear about they're getting out sooner than these ones that are staying long. Yeah. General statement as it relates to the construction industry, not picking on any companies. What's your thoughts on how we onboard, how the industry onboards people? Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking like big, the, the, the big guy level because these guys got a good game when it comes to onboarding. At least I, I think you do. But just the, in general, the construction industry, what's your feeling? Do we do a good job for onboarding or do we suck at it? I think you, the... well. Uh, there's been a lot of focus on the technical side of it. Like if you're in the office, if you're a PM or an estimator, you're trained on the tools and uh, how to manage a job or how to do an estimate. If you're in the trades, you're taught how to use the tools and safe work procedures and all that. But it's the human side of stuff that it's not trained. And like that was one thing that uh, popped into mind when you were uh, explaining the whole mentorship process, how you have 20, 30 years in your career. Yeah, you know how the shortcuts on how to you know, do drywall or mud this or paint that or put this pipe together. But there's other parts to it too, right? And one thing that comes to mind and one thing I want to touch on, I know we're running short on time, but it's oh, like co- coping mechanisms, right? Because we're not taught how to, how to deal with this stuff. And I, I love, for people that know me, like I love analogies. And sometimes I try too hard to create analogy. But I thought of this for coping yeah. mechanisms. I'm a mechanical guy, so picture a steam system, Okay. Piping, you got a steam boiler, flash tanks, condensate traps, all this stuff. What happens when one of those devices fail? Say something happens in your life, like you're having a, an issue at home. Oh, I love Lu- Lucy episode. Is it? The chocolate factory episode. With the conveyor belt and the faster conveyor belt. So say something happens and part of that steam system fails. There's a slug of condensate yep. that's building up. It's blocking the steam. <clears throat> steam boiler is still rocking. It's doing its Works job. It's really well when it's going <clears throat> well. Yeah. But then you as soon as something happens, yeah. say the condensate trap fails, there's a slug of condensate. The pressure build, builds, builds, builds. What happens? Catastrophic really? failure. Yeah. Unless you put a safety valve in, right? Mm. And the safety valve in this analogy is a coping me- mechanism. Because in everybody's life, inevitably, shit happens. People get sick. Loved ones die. Your wife wants to leave you, your kids, you find them uh, with a bag of weed in his drawer or something, whatever, stuff happens. How do you deal with it? Some people have healthy coping mechanisms, exercise, meditation, walking on the beach, whatever. 
a lot of people resort to bad ones, drugs, alcohol. The fact that you brought it up before about drug and uh, alcohol substance abuse and construction, to me, that's uh, signs of an underlying mental health issue. They don't know how to cope with their problems, so they result to this other they stuff. They always turn to advice. Could be a number of vices. Gambling. You, you go to any, like, I'm, I'm only picking big condos because it's evident that there's a lot of people that work on these sites. So go there on three and wait 15 minutes mm. when they kick out, right? And follow these individuals. Where do they go? LCBO, beer store, mm. a bar, or a pot shop. Mm. Some home. I'm not going to. But the majority, and I agree with you, they'll go to They've a got place a pit stop. before they get home where it brings it back to me thinking that does it start from the personal life and then before they can go back and confront their personal life, they have to mask it or some sort. So imagine if we had to, to play on, on, on Angelo's share. It reminds me of my buddy uh, Wayne out in St. John, New Brunswick. He took over. He's done very well for himself. And in the last uh, couple of years, handful of years at the very most, he took up an HVAC company with him and a, and, and a friend. They're doing very well. They turned it completely around, put a lot of systems in place, a lot of procedures in place. But with doing so, they kept the good people. And not that they fired anyone. They kept everybody. But the ones that didn't automatically align to the culture that they wanted to bring in the, in the company left on their own. And that's what good culture does. It'll purge whoever is not fit for mm-hmm. it. But having said that, one of the things that he wants, that it, him and his partner want to do for their, for their staff is to educate them, give them opportunities to grow as individuals. So this would be a good place to insert something like that. But the, the example I'll give that my buddy Wayne does is that he brought in financial literacy to all of his employees. He said to me, his plan, fuck. It's goal-driven. He wants to make a millionaire out of 50 people. It's mm. goal-driven. Like you give them a task. And, and he's on his mm. way to do Measurable. it. This, this that, doesn't, that doesn't happen in high-rise, though. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but but it can happen. If, if I go if, back to the bean counters, right? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe they just need to be brought in, in, the, a, in a dark line alley. of people will become <laughs> millionaires. A certain line of people below will not become millionaires by purpose. Mm-hmm. That's what I, I have a problem with, right? And that's unfortunate because our industry has a potential of okay. making for everybody sh- millionaires. For sure, it and should. The the additional reality is that there is so much out there to make everybody fat. But the, the greed that's in, not only in, in our industry, but in society in general, in the whole world, mm-hmm. it's, it's what fucks things up. I go mm-hmm. back to the coping mechanisms. I like it. The thing is that the older senior tradesperson, mm-hmm. they had coping mechanisms that were not necessarily instant, but effective. They just plowed through and took care of things, mm-hmm. right? This younger gen- generation coming up is so bombarded by the insane amount of incorrect coping mechanisms. Mm. And when I, I talk about that, I mean social media and how they're yeah. being educated yeah. a certain way of how they should be spoken to or, or like how their work environment should be or what they should be making at a certain age or where, sh- where they should be at their accomplishment levels, all kinds of stuff like that. Mm. This is none of the shit that we were ever considering at that point, at that age. Yeah. We were never taught that. So I think that they're being bombarded by incorrect coping mechanisms, Mm. which goes back to my argument about they're going to get out sooner because they will be told you should be a millionaire. You started as a tradesperson. You should be making 100K out of the gate. Five years, you should be making half a mil. 
less than 10 years, you'd be at a mill. Mm. Then you, you know, like, they'd be like going great. But then all of a sudden out of the gate happens, five years happens, uh, 10 years happens, and they haven't accomplished all these things. And now in the back of their mind, they're dealing with lack of accomplishments, I guess. Well, that's, and you mentioned a good, like social media, like to me, that's just like, and it's, it's shows you how things are in a perfect world. And it always makes you want more and whatever you accomplish. Like I have this stuff in my own personal life. Cause you go online and you find somebody who's doing way better than you. Which is all BS. <laughs> it's all BS. Exactly. But it's the perception of it. And perception is reality. Right. So I think that is the main, main problem of it. Social media and just being constantly bombarded by all this shit out there that is really meaningless. And I say this is kind of funny cause you're on IG too. I'm on IG, but it's like, I try and keep things a little bit real, but, uh, but I think that's that is a big problem too is social media. Just in all fairness, I think today's tradesperson has to do with a lot more shit than yesterday's tradesperson. Mm-hmm. I think so, hundred <laughs> percent. Like a lot more shit. Yeah. Just the social media game is just it, it's fucking overwhelming, is what it is. Back in mm-hmm. the day, a tradesperson just had to prove their self worth, mm-hmm. their skill set, and they could almost learn that if they can take the razzing and they can just be a part of the the community and prove that they passionate enough to learn and swing the hammer, they'll make it, they'll survive, they'll get work, they'll provide, they'll get on other job sites and meet more people. Today, it's there's way too much shit for these young trades people. And I go back, that's contributing to them leaving. Mm-hmm. Unless they become the site super, unless they become some yeah. sort of executive level, unless they become promoting here and there, moving to a different city, well, kind of like, unless those opportunities are presented to them. Well, listen, and the optimist in me believes that if we uh, take care of them with mentorship, with knowledge transfer, and with human skills, instead of one term that I completely dislike that our industry uses is soft skills. There's nothing soft in, in human mm. skills or people mm. skills, mm-hmm. right? Equip them with those things and, and just give them the time of day, man. Acknowledge them, appreciate them. And you know what, the, the learning in here, although, we, although there's a huge knowledge transfer between the current guard or the, 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 the people that are currently in the industry to the ones that are newcomers or, or, or our youth, the reality is, is that mentorship goes both ways. A lot of us can stand to learn a lot from, our, from these kids coming up. For sure. Right? Yeah, it's two ways, yeah. But let me well, ask you, did you guys have a mentor? In the industry? Yeah. Multiple. Very, I'm, I'm extremely fortunate to, to have you had You actively many. looked for one when you got started? It just happened. Okay. And quite frankly, I, attracted I, it. I, I, I have my father to thank. Uh, he, he positioned me uh, with, with one, which leapfrogged into more. And I, I, owe, I, owe, some, I owe a lot to, to quite a few people. That's good. I think yeah. that's probably a topic for another show. But I would want to add a quick comment in... I think a lot of people struggle with that because if you read literature and you talk to people, it's like, oh, you got to have a mentor. You can't do anything without a mentor and sponsorship and all that. So people go out and seek that formal structure of a mentor who's going to change your life forever and tell you all this sage wisdom and uh, it's like you're being touched by God, which isn't the case, man, because when I look back, some of the best people who shaped my career, I didn't even realize they were doing it at the time, but looking back, you never they were mentors. Yeah, yeah. And I remember one guy in particular too, Jim Allison, another shout out to another great guy, Jim. He, uh, Jim and Tim, there's a theme there. <laughs> but I remember there was, he was explaining something to me and I was listening because he was a really smart guy and I always, pre- but I didn't fully sink in. But then I experienced it a couple months after or whatever, like on site. So he kind of prepped me for it and then it happened. I said, holy shit, good thing I talked to Jim. But like, 
And I think that's what a good mentor-mentee relationship is. You don't even know what's happening. Because if you get into a formal structure, and it's like, okay, you guys, you're going to meet once a month. You're going to sit down for an hour. What are you going to do? You're going to sit there and look at each other? Like, no, it can't be tell me, hey, Manny, tell me everything I, you know. I, I, no, I, I, think the, I think one of the quickest ways to get to this is to have people understand uh, that life gives to the giver and takes mm. from the taker. So if you're a generous person, I'm not saying with money, like with your knowledge. Yeah. You're sitting on an encyclopedia, let's say, of knowledge. I, I really would like to meet the person who wouldn't get a kick out of giving that and seeing somebody's face light up or just somebody looking at you in bewilderment going, I can't believe you just shared all of this with me. I get, that, this type of shit gets my fucking rock mm. hard, man. Mm-hmm. You know? But I just, uh, it's so, it seems so simple to me, but it just seems that our industry is having quite the struggle implementing it. How's the work from a person who's has mental challenges going on? Like, their work is going to suffer, too. It suffers, man. Productivity is going to suffer. The scope is going to suffer. And then I guess you as their super is going to probably turn a blind eye to it or just will they bring it up? Oh, might get rid of them. It's Which a, makes the mental health situation exactly. worse. Exactly. It happens, buddy. It happens. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and that's kind of one thing I wanted to bring up too because you bring up a good point and this is good for listeners too is like signs if somebody's in a crisis. Yeah. You mentioned a couple, like decreased productivity. Yeah. Like one day your best performer might be knocking it out of the park and then he comes into work after a weekend and he's dragging his ass and it becomes like a prolonged thing. Increased conflict among coworkers. I think everybody can relate to this when shit's not going uh, yeah. good at home. You're, you're short-tempered, you snap on people at work yeah. or other people around you. Increased tardiness or absenteeism, we talked about that. Like four perfectly good examples. If it's a day, fine, everybody has an off day. But if you notice that it's a trend... A lot of people might say, oh, something happened. Uh, Gianluca, he's not performing like he did before. Get rid of him. Some people will pull you aside and be like, hey, buddy, what's going on? But I think it's more the former, the people that will say, oh, not performing. You know, see you later. Maybe I'm pessimistic. I don't know. No, it's, it, it does happen because it just goes back to the evident lack of, of you got to say it, the lack of education on the topic. Mm. So that just made me think of something that happened kind of interesting a few years back. There was um, a tradesperson. I didn't know that he was going through anything. Mm-hmm. Um, he seemed like everything was fine. Everything was. He wasn't. He didn't work for me. I just I know him through the industry. And something interesting happened. Is like he was always picking my brain, getting my thoughts, and and wanted to just learn more about the industry and and stuff like that. Which is I was more than welcome to just give it up and give up what I know and mm-hmm. just share right. But at some point during those, like he was already planning his next stage and his next step. And and this is a lot of stuff that I was saying at the beginning of the pandemic where I told a lot of the younger trades, don't overextend yourselves financially. Don't start looking at thinking there's lots of opportunity now and lots of work. Go buy every possible tool out there and all this other stuff, right? And he started speaking in that same kind of tone. He mm. was trying to prepare and grow. and But there was a huge financial commitment to it, right? For whatever reason, his wife got my number somehow. Well, obviously, my number's out there and mm. people can get a hold of me. She contacted me and she spoke to me and she said, listen, I need you. Don't let him know that I've spoken to you. But somehow, can you let him know not to spend all this money because we mm. don't have it right now? Mm. And I don't want to tell him that because he really wants to move forward in this industry. 
but he thinks he needs all these things to move forward in this industry. So the next time that I spoke to him, I didn't just blurt it out that way. I cradled it and I spoke to him in a different tone of saying, don't just go runs a guns a blazing and do this and do this and buy this and get this ready and pick up this and all like, just start planning little things, little steps and take incremental steps. And then she called me months later and she thanked me for that because he started turning his thought process about spending all this family money that she knew that they possibly needed mm. just in case. Right. Mm. So it was, it was a nice touch from the significant other reaching out to a stranger. I never spoke to her yeah. complete stranger. And she was just giving her thoughts because she sees him in their dwelling, right? Mm. Their home, mm -hmm. their family life. Right. So I, I'm sure that maybe their partners are hesitant to reach out to other people on behalf of them and say, listen, can you just watch out for him or something? Yeah. Supercharge your construction business with Connect Team. In the fast-paced world of construction, keeping your finger on the pulse is essential. But who has time for the little things that consume most of our day? Upgrade your business management with Connect Team, the ultimate digital toolkit for construction managers and tradespeople. Why switch to Connect Team? Effortlessly track employee clock-ins and outs. Ensure your team is aligned with their tasks. Make sure all safety PPE are being addressed and confirmed. Receive real-time updates from the field through digital forms and checklists. No more drowning in manual tasks. Step into the digital era. Connect Team offers a seamless platform to elevate your business management, giving you the freedom to focus on your growth. It's not fiction. It's Connect Team, your go-to platform for 2023 and beyond. Check out Connect Team at www.connectteam.com and on IG at Connect Team App. For sure, that probably got to that point because they're not to speculate, but maybe they had the conversation and she couldn't, you He's know, not quote unquote, not, not, not talk any sense into yeah. him. And so she was concerned about uh, that. But you're right, it is kind of a fine line. You don't want to betray anybody's trust or relationship, but if you feel strongly enough about it, like who knows, I, I like, who knows yourself better than like your closest friends or your spouse or whatever. Like I, my wife, I feel knows who I really am more than I know myself. Cause yeah, I have blind spots. I think everybody has blind spots with their own st strengths and weaknesses. So to have that person or friend or confidant or whatever that, you know, knows you well and kind of keeps you in check, I think is important. Whether it's your inner circle, mastermind, whatever you want to call it, like some group that, uh, you know, can tell you, pick you up when you're down and yeah. tell you to give your head a shake when, yeah. you know, just one thing I wanted to highlight is the fact that, you know, mental health, doesn't, it's, there's no stereotype for it. It's not as if you can have a room full of people and, and be able to point out you won't know. The, the 10 that are, having, that are struggling, right? And sometimes the ones that seem like everything's perfect is actually the worst case. Do you ever see that video that came out? There was... Um, the soccer, the football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Genius. Absolute genius. Hmm. Have you seen it? No, no. I'm Please explain it. Oh, the... Well, the quick explanation is that there's two gentlemen at a, at a football game, English soccer. Yeah. And um, one is subdued, very reserved. And the other one, gregarious, mm. uh, um, like uh, full of energy. He's a the fan. He's a fanatic. Yeah. And okay. The one yeah. who stands up and cheers and like high fives the people behind him or in front of him. And there's, there's multiple games that you see, but always the guy on when you're facing it, on, on your left watching the, uh, the video, always... Uh, too much uh, uh, reaction from him. Mm. And uh, at one point throughout the multiple games that they show that they've gone to, together, um, the, the happy guy turns to, to him and gives him uh, a, a team uh, scarf. 
and then it was a, a great gesture. And then the following, I don't know if, the, if it's the following game, you come back and it's the same subdued guy who gets, the, gets there a little bit early probably, and the seat next to him is empty. But as he sits down, he puts the, the, the flag against him. Mm. Or the, not the flag, the, the scarf, scarf. Mm. on the chair, and he sits down, and then there's a message on the bottom that, you know, sometimes, and I'm paraphrasing, yeah. sometimes mm. you just don't know what mental health looks like, right? You know, uh, so that reminds me of a, another story, too. I read it in a book. I want to say it was John Maxwell, but he's telling a story about a man I forget if it was first person or not, but on a train, right? The guy's reading, he's reading a newspaper on a subway, whatever. And there's a father sitting next to him, young kids running around, just, just tearing the place up, yelling, screaming, fighting, rolling all over the floor. And the dad was just like sitting there. And the guy reading the newspaper says, are you going to do something about your kids? He's like, yeah, yeah I'm sorry. I remember that. Okay. And so, but does nothing. He's kind of staring into space. And the second time, few minutes go by the kids are still tearing the place up the guy reading the newspaper is like you better do something about your kids or i'm gonna do something and the guy goes yeah i'm sorry you know we just got back from the hospital we realized we found out that their mother passed away so maybe it was made up maybe it was true i don't know but same as that you don't know what other people are going through and they're not gonna offer it up and put a sign on their chest saying my wife just died and the man just explained to the strangers saying i just don't know how to explain it to them yeah Exactly. So you know, you knew exactly. Yeah, 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 I know the story. Yeah. So th there's a story that this is a true story. My father and and his business partner in the first business, masonry company, both mason by trade. One of their laborers, um, overnight, they went the night the, the night before they were out, finished work. They t took everybody out for drinks, and the next morning, I I the one, I'm the one who opened the door to his brother crying like mm. uncontrollably, uh, announcing to us that Gaetan, the, the gentleman, had taken his own life. Mm. Like you, my father said, you could not tell. There was no, no way you could tell that this that this individual, this poor individual, was going through such a, a dark time, and he took his life that night. And it's shit. I remember uh, we were in university and we were at my buddy's place, and one guy found out that his grandfather died. Old people die; it's not that big of a deal, but whatever. It still affects different people differently. And it was li literally like minutes after this guy got off the phone. And uh, we were all sitting there just quiet and serious, just kind of being there for a buddy. Another guy comes in and he's like, what the fuck's going on? Did somebody just die? Oh. <laughs> like, as a joke. But, and we were just like 20-something-year-old kids. Like, you don't really know what's going on. But, yeah, you never know what other people are going through, man. So that's be compassionate. A, that's a constant state on a job site, though. Yeah. Especially, constant. yeah, especially you know, with hundreds of people. Like, and on LinkedIn or all social media, that, that, and it's done in so many different ways. I think I've even seen one with Robin Williams that you just don't know mm. what, what a person's going mm. through. The, the message is not only true and accurate and, and very powerful. Unfortunately, that's just where it stays. People swipe or people hit the like button and move on. There, there's, a, a, there's a huge disconnect as it relates to really understanding mental health, really being open about talking mm -hmm. about it, which means that you need to be willing to embrace your vulnerability. And I'll tell you one thing. If you're willing to embrace your vulnerability, the superpowers that come from that will eclipse anything that you've done before. Anything. And you, know, and you know what? That's a very good point. And we talked about it before. Like, there's a stigma against construction workers, and a lot of people might be afraid to express they're struggling or having an issue or don't know something because somebody's going to think they're an idiot or weak. But I would hazard to guess that most way more than like half the people would be accepting and willing to have that conversation. 
I feel the you know same I mean? way. I think more, much more. Like even yeah. with the stigma of people being like, oh, rough, tough construction workers, even if you're like covered in dirt and you're just smoking butts and whatever, there's guys like that who care and will take the time to... Do, do you feel that, uh, that a portion of which would be just people going, thank fucking God somebody said something and they, because they just because never Because I feel had. it too. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. they're going... Yeah, For sure. That's exactly it. I For think, sure. I think if you get into construction... I don't think anyone gets into construction so, that does not go through it. So there's no. good news for that. It's a people thing, man. Regardless of industry, stuff happens. Mm-hmm. But there's, there's, right. good, there's good news with that because that type of change doesn't take 51% to happen. You know, that type of change, like a like world change, you only need, and this you can look this up online, between 7 and 10% of the whole population. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So imagine if we just, I say just, it's still a, it's still a, big, a big ask, and, and I'm committed as I trust you both are to doing what I can to help achieve that. But imagine if we, if we could get seven to 10% of the industry and that rule of thumb applied. And we saw a big shift where people go, no, it's not going to work like that anymore. I, I need to be able to, to speak what, what I'm feeling. And I, I need to have a company who's going to have my back. Mm-hmm. Well, what I like about this show is that you're getting a lot of people, not necessarily meeting each other, but hearing each other mm-hmm. on the show. And they're DMing and eventually it's leading to text communications and they're having conversations through text and then eventually a phone call. So they're having verbal conversations before they even met, Mm -hmm. but they've heard parts of their story that resonated with them, connected with them. And then they've shared parts of their story to other people. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you got people. So it's like you, the potential of getting to that 7% is very realistic just by people and you didn't meet each other you haven't been on a job site complete strangers other than listening to each other's story on this show which is a starting point right which i I, i've been told i've been hearing about it people have been telling i've Mm. been connecting i go have you guys gotten together and met yet nope i haven't gotten together Mm -hmm. at all yet we're planning on getting together for a coffee or something Mm -hmm. like that but we we talk almost every day we're communicating through text every day well that's uh the power of i think social media and funny uh, that's the positive side of it yeah there is i think there's not much positive but that is definitely one is it yeah it it, and at the heart of social media i think it's meant to bring people together so in some aspects it does a lot of other ways it drives people apart but forget that stuff it connects people john luca we met through linkedin we're both local he's from toronto I, i live in burlington I used to call my internet friend. I dropped internet now, buddy. You're just my friend. <laughs> but we have other people we met all over North America. Yeah. People message me. I, like I sold a couple copies of the book in UK, which is like blows my mind that people all over the world are connecting on these concepts. And yeah. when you get a message saying, thank you for posting that, like especially about mental health topics, every time I post something, at least one person, I don't get a ton of messages, but one person will message me, say thank you for posting that. I'm having a hard time. going through stuff. Exactly. And it's validated. Or they know somebody that's going through stuff. Yeah. So, and part of my intro, which I didn't get to do, but that's okay. You're I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just joking. I wanted to thank you. And I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. Because what you're doing here is fucking amazing. Thanks, man. This Tremendous. platform, Thanks. giving people a voice, showing, it, it, it's like what we're talking about. It validates people's experiences within the industry because you have a diverse group of people who come on and tell their story. Yep. But I hope also the audience sees it from outside construction looking in to get almost a peek behind the curtain of the people who are at because we're people at the end of the day we're not resources that are on site that an accountant said we need 100 guys and gals to build this job each one of those they're they're people and they got their own shit to deal with so thank you for doing what you're doing 
I second I'm going to hug you before the show's done <laughs> sure. here. Anybody can hug me. This okay. is fine. Like, We're going to you know. do a group hug. Yeah, Angelina totally too. That's okay. <laughs> You're okay with hugs. I don't know if that's going to happen. <laughs> that's fine. No, I appreciate that. And that's what I like about this. And I think that has a lot to do with um, me being in construction for 15 years. Yeah. And I got to the point real quickly where I don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll yeah. talk and I'll share and I'll listen to someone's story and I'll, I'll bring anybody on the show. Like, yeah. and, it, and I won't just like, I mean, regarding construction and maybe colors of tools, I might disagree with you, but it, it'll be done out of love and joke. Yeah. But when it comes to what people are going through, I take it serious. I try mm. to make it light. I try to add some humor to it, mm -hmm. but I want everybody to know that I am listening and I'm not just listening for the sake of like, there's a camera on me or something like that. And mm. I think, you know, I should be looking this way or that way. I'm genuinely listening to you because I know what you potentially are going through because I've gone through or I am going through. Yeah. That's just how Everybody's it works. Got a story. Not because I'm in construction, not because I came from production. It's because I'm a human. Yeah. That's why there's a lot of respect for your book as well. Mm -hmm. It's just, it goes back to the person. Mm -hmm. I keep on this show, TCL, half construction, half tradesperson. Mm -hmm. Like everybody's going through shit. Mm -hmm. So I'm not surprised that we started this and then I reached out to certain people and I want to continue yeah. reaching out to more people. And nobody has said no. No, like they're important. more than willing to sit down and talk about certain things. And they have opened up quite a bit. Yeah. And then I know that it's helping others. So, so just to doing it. share and sorry to interject yeah, there yeah. too, but just to, to share another personal anecdote. Now you guys know my whole life story, but the best part, no, we don't. the best part of my thirties was the moment. And I remember the moment, the moment I realized I'm fucked up mm. and everybody else is too. And we're all doing our best, in a lot of cases, trying to hide all those issues yeah. so people don't see us as weak or vulnerable. And you put this big shield up, but in behind, you're just a toddler crying for your mom, going back the whole toddler thing again. And that was probably the most beautiful moment of my life, second to getting married and having kids, was realizing that I have issues. Everybody else does. Let's just put it on the table and do our best with the tools we got and uh, just... Try and be happy, man. Try and make other people happy. Spread positivity. Help people out. Anyway, I don't want to start crying on camera here, guys. <laughs> that has happened before. <laughs> nothing wrong with that. No, there's nothing wrong with that. So I want to thank you guys both, honestly. And if anybody's interested in getting the books, Angelo, your book, it's still on on Amazon, on yep. Amazon right? Yep. But they can reach out to you as well, too. Sure. You, they, they, will they get a signed? Like a signed. <sighs> Costs extra money, <laughs> yeah. It's $2 for <laughs> that. <laughs> You got your book as well, too. And Ozzy's like, oh, well, look at that. Wow. Thank you very much, man. I really appreciate that. But reach out to these gentlemen, honestly, because in, and then you're doing good things with the, uh, the, the guild there, right? So by the I'm, I'm, uh, it's a lot of work. Eh? You know, it it's seems, a lot of work. It seems, yeah, it is a gargantuan task ahead of me and it's kicking my ass. I'll be honest with you. It's kicking my ass, but you know what? It's a good thing I'm a, I'm a crazy fuck, too, because <laughs> I'm not going to let go. Are you at the point of bringing on more people to help you that trust? Not, not there yet. yet. Okay. No, no. Um, I foresee, hopefully, Q1, latest Q2 next year, being able to bring one person on. And it starts with one, right? Of course. But, yeah, just getting, getting exposure and getting people to understand um, what the community is all about is, is, has been... Uh, it, not, I'm not going to uh, define it as a struggle, but it's a challenge definitely mm -hmm. because it's tied to 
the famous vulnerability word that I use because I won't shy away. Whoever's interested, I'm going to tell you, listen, the first thing that you need to, to, to be as an individual is you need to realize that you are your best and most valuable investment. So if you put yourself in first position, you want to embrace your vulnerability and you want to be surrounded by like-minded people and, and, and share, and, and, um, and, and which includes being generous with your wisdom, then the guild is, is exactly made for those people. And they but can reach you through LinkedIn, right? Through best. LinkedIn, Gianluca Pascale, which I trust you're going to put some stuff in the show it's notes. Totally been in Thank the notes. you. Yeah, totally and been in the notes. Um, also, uh, just splash page for now. Uh, for the for the for the constructorsguild.com just if i can say one more of thing course you can. for like 30 seconds yeah. you can leave this in or not but i'm going to look right at the camera go ahead because shit happens and if you're going through something now you're not alone it might feel like it because when you're in the thick of it it's, it can be very isolating and the bad news is nobody's going to ride in on a white horse and save the day unless you work with tim peters i love you tim mm -hmm. but People will be there to help you. So if you're going through something, reach out for help. Talk to a friend. Talk to a loved one. Fucking talk to me. Put my email in the notes. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. Talk to Manny. Talk to somebody, please. You can do it. Don't be afraid to. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you as well. Thanks, Appreciate, Appreciate it. Appreciate you. Likewise. Nice to have you back, Angela. And you guys are more than welcome to come back anytime. I'd love Appreciate to continue it. the thank conversation. You. Thank so. you. Thank you. Angelina, we're out of here.